Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about a bunch of people who already know each other, who show up on a beach and pretend that they're strangers so that someone can make out with their boyfriend 15 feet away from them. Is that what's going on? Yeah, it's a real, a real fantasy. Um, And also so they can get more Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, the mission is clear. It's the second week of Bachelor in Paradise, and we've already had a Taj Nato and a Hurricane Demi. Like, climate change is real, y'all. It's real and it's coming for everything we love. Here to plow through four hours of Bachelor in Paradise with us, Bachelor and VIP veteran, friend of the pod, PhD student of clinical psychology, and and host of A Little Help for Our Friends, Jacqueline Trumbull. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. I'm so glad to be back here. Uh, it's been too long. I mean, this is really just like a treat for us uh, and also... I am so sorry that we have so much content to dig into, but (laughs) yeah, I guess we should just dive right in. We get the beautiful, goofy intro this episode. Thank goodness. This is honestly probably my favorite part of this show is that it has like the cheeky uh, credit sequence. What did you guys think of these? I thought they were pretty weak sauce this time, to be honest. Most of them are just like a woman rolling over in the sand and smiling at the camera. I feel like they're really recycling from past seasons. We need we need to innovate. There are a couple standouts. Connor literally in a cat costume. Demi stirring a pot. They're really leaning in hard on Kenny just being like a public flasher. I know. Even though we we now know he was not actually naked, which makes much more sense. That did make him feel like a sexual predator. So why did they go that 
route. I think that they genuinely think that it's cute for a man to be a sexual predator. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if this were like a nudist beach, then sure. But no one signed up for this. But yes, uh, a sleuth discovered that in the group photo, if you zoom in, you can see that he is in fact... His schlong is covered. I'm, uh, I don't want to say disappointed. I'm disappointed <laughs> that they misled us so severely. Um, and I'm also disappointed that they didn't subject themselves to it, but they are now making it seem cute and fun for him to jump out from behind a rock and like waggle his dick at people, <laughs> which is like, just like, that's flasher behavior. <laughs> that's not a cute thing it's so cute it's like look at that cute guy he's waggling his stick at me i think he likes me you know i mean that's what i say every day on the subway <laughs> <laughs> and uh back on the beach uh tammy gives a little couple check she and aaron are coupled up tajwan and trey marissa and connor mari and kenny noah and abigail joe and serena p and brandon and natasha and in case you'd all forgotten, we are doing Demi's whole intro to Paradise again. Seems unnecessary. Um, it's like they were like, no, you need to watch it all again and see David Spade make a really terrible joke about the fact that she is bisexual. Would we even call it a joke to say, will you be headed more for the P or the V? Is that a joke? Yeah, I guess it's not. It's a a bad question. It's a comment. A comment. It's a rude question. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, it's got to be P, right? Because there are no other women who have expressed interest. They love doing this thing with queer women on the show where they're like, you're going to fuck all the ladies. And it's like, it's all straight women. Like, how do you think dating works? The show structure can't accommodate like a lot of dating outside of heteronormative like they literally had to be like i guess you can have a rose when the guys have a rose and we know you're just going to give it to demi like it was not a good system well have you guys figured out a system that would work because i i do you know we always talk about having a gay bachelor that isn't pretending to be straight and it's like but then you'd have all these like gay dudes in the house that are all super hot and like living with each other and so why would any of them go you'd have to lean into the fact that there would be cast hookups you would need a different structure structure i know that are you the one did this by casting everyone as being sexually fluid like you would if you wanted to even do a musical chairs thing you would need to have the possibility yeah everyone be open to everyone kind of right you know they did do a a gay bachelor um on logo logo and it was kind of an issue like the guys in the house were all hanging out and they're all like hot and like each other. <laughs> but I guess the main thing is just the competitive aspect kicks in. And then there's like the policing around like, oh, I'm going to tell him that you're not really here for him and you're hitting on other guys. And that's like seemed to be the main way it was enforced. But structurally, it's a bit of a problem for for BIP. And also Demi comes in guns blazing. She's like, not only am I not dating women this time, I fucking hate women. They suck. I want them to suffer. And I'm just here to like date men and hurt women. That's my whole vibe. It was so intense. I was like, Jesus, this is a real energy shift. And I don't feel great about it. Yeah, she she feels like she's turned into 
like yeah a bachelor monster like a fame like fame has just like exploded her pores and now she's like that girl from uh charlie and the chocolate factory who becomes a blueberry <laughs> or whatever it's like a <laughs> fame blueberry. blueberry of fame yeah <laughs> the narcissism was off the chart she's still kind of entertaining but it's just like I don't know, my eyes were bleeding watching this because I'm like, you're not, you're turning yourself from a person into like a chimera or something. Yeah. Yes. It's calcified. She's she's doing a villain persona. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a bachelor monster. Exactly. And so all of her lines are canned, like, I'm going to fuck shit up. Like, I'm going to make these bitches cry because I'm so hot. Their men won't be able to resist. And I'm like, no one is that irresistible. Like, you're literally just playing a character of a woman who can, like, destroy every relationship that she passes by. It's such a caricature. And then she sets herself up to be actually kind of humiliated. Because, <laughs> like, who can live up to this ideal of getting all the men and humiliating all the other women? No one. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> it's not going to work out. But she does, she sweeps in and she heads right toward one of the ricketier sheds, I think, on the beach, Brendan and Natasha. And this is the one that she decides to smash first. So she comes in with her date card that's like, Demi, welcome to paradise. You know what to do. And she starts pulling guys. And very quickly, we see that her move, and this again feels a little bit like a caricature, is just like bring up sex early and often. Like pull a guy, immediately be like, are we going to go to the boom boom room? Like, are we going to have sex? Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Does this work? Um, I haven't done a lot of dating. I, I don't think it would work for me, but maybe it does work for Demi. Like if you're really hot. Yeah, if, you, yeah. Yeah. if you're really hot and blonde, it might work for you. Really hot, blonde, and famous. Yeah. Yeah, she talks to Brendan, and she's like, I thought you were shy, but like you just talked so much to me just now. And he's like, yeah, I can be shy and still like have conversations. And she's like, oh my God, sexual tension is off the charts. That was also when she she was doing the the sex eyes thing, right? And then oh, Victoria yeah. was like, "Well, it didn't work this time." So. <laughs> it didn't work for you. <laughs> so she ultimately does ask Brendan on the date, and they, you know, head off. And man, poor Natasha is just like doing her best to keep it together. Yeah, she she says to the camera, "I know my energy is not good, so I'm going to just be alone." And not make other people worried on my behalf because I'm fine. And as she's saying this, her eyes are just like welling up with tears. And I really, I felt for her in this moment. She was like, I know this is like rationally, this is the game. It is what it is. But like, it still feels really crappy. Yeah. The game is designed to torture people. So, oh, you, yeah. you know, you, you, you yes. can be rational about yes. it and still. And the way that you see it happen is really, it's so sad like it's like a sexual pecking order thing like if you're early on the beach and you're not you know maybe if you're a woman you're older than 25 maybe if you're a man you're a little bit dorky you're not at the top of that sexual pecking order but like there's someone there who's like they're the person I like most who's here right now like here's someone I can hang out with and make out with and you're like, this is amazing. Like I'm pulling this like really hot, cool, desirable person. And then the first new person who is like younger or has more swag walks in and you're just like a tumbleweed being blown away in the wind like no one cares about you anymore it's brutal poor natasha Ugh, she knows what's happening yeah she's no dummy and uh brendan and demi go jet skiing and then they kind of hang out in a cabana by the ocean 
And she's like, I knew you from photos. And so I wanted to talk to you. (laughs) He's very (laughs) handsome. I mean, he is. And he says, well, I came here to meet beautiful women like you and see if feelings could cultivate. Which is, I suppose, why we all are out there dating, you know. And so they make out. And Demi's like, oh, my God, this is going so good. I'm crushing so hard. And she's trying to do her, like, flirty thing. And she's sort of like, yeah, we could do this every day. And this is when Brendan just, like, brutally rebuffs her. (laughs) He's like, yeah, this was great. This was so great. You're obviously A+. But you talk to other people. I'll talk to other people. We'll see. Maybe our paths will once again cross on this journey as a friend. He's trying Jesus. to pull a serendipity on her, but they literally will be living together for like three weeks. Because like you, you live together. Yeah. Like you can't just like write your name on a dollar bill and like give it to the cashier. Like she's going to be here every day <laughs> for the foreseeable future. So Demi is understandably kind of mortified by this and she says uh trying to be polite and he says oh you don't you just don't roll like that no one does brendan (laughs) and she says initial thoughts am i not enough i feel like i just got rejected like she starts having basically like an extended low-level tantrum sort of for the rest of the episode which i like am sympathetic to on one level But on the other level, she's like, I want to make other women feel like not enough and sad. And it's not fair that it's (laughs) happening to me. Yeah, it's just very hard to feel bad that she is experiencing this embarrassing rejection because it's so clear that she would relish it if it happened to another woman because of her. And it's just not a very uh, appealing mindset. Like there's there's not much empathy there. And if you're going to have like a dominance is all mindset, then you just have to win. Like, I'm sorry, you have to win Brendan over here if you want to take that that approach. Meanwhile, back at the resort. Gossip is just starting, starting to brew, starting to move around the various day beds, just from hopping from one to another. People are talking about the fact that, hmm, Brendan might actually be here biding his time for Piper. Uh, And the reason a lot of them seem to know this is, yes, some of them are friends with Piper. And also, like, all of the blogs and gossip Instagram (laughs) accounts were posting (laughs) photos of the two of them hanging out together. It's been in the news. Yeah. James was like, oh, yeah, I saw that on social media. I'm like, yeah, James, we all saw that on social media. Yeah, so this gossip is traveling around the beach and we witness the moment that Natasha finds out where she is like just chilling with a few of the gang on the beach and one of them points at like some detritus like piled on the sand and is like, what's that? It looks like someone dug a grave. And Noah says, that's Brendan. <laughs> and Deandra says, yeah, after I'm done exposing him. And Natasha's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Could you tell me why you're planning to have my presumptive boyfriend murdered or like, what's the deal here? And they tell her that Brendan was speaking to Piper right before he came. And Natasha is like, we're going to have a have a very serious talk when he gets back. For She's just minutes. like increasingly deflated. It's just like mm-hmm. one hit after another for Natasha on this day. Yeah, it's it's rough. You know, she's taking she's taking a lot of hits. Demi is also taking some hits, you know, she's back on the beach with Brendan trying to to wrap her head around this rejection. She says, you know, this has never happened to me before, except with Colton. That was brutal. 
but he was gay. <laughs> I love the idea that the only way a guy could choose Cassie over her is because clearly He's gay. this is why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Demi. And uh, she's like, that's it. You know, I'm fucking shit up tonight. Hurricane Demi is coming. And uh, she's like, now's my time to have a bad attitude and drink I'm taking margaritas. It. Yeah. So back at the house, some of the women are getting nervous about not being coupled up. The guys have the roses this week. We still haven't had a rose ceremony. Um, and Victoria P has decided to put herself out there and talk to James. Jordan? Jim? Who can say? Who can definitely say? James. She'll have to check. Also, I want to say... Victoria P is really going all in on the upward brushed eyebrow trend. I have been watching a lot of reels on Instagram of women having their eyebrows laminated. And so I suspect that this is what the treatment that she did. I didn't know this was a trend. Yeah. Basically what happens is they basically put a like almost like a hair relaxant chemical on your eyebrows. So it, it makes the hairs like lengthen and then you can like place them. I don't like it. The brushed upward. It's it's a lot. It looks very v- villainous. Yeah, I f- kind of feel like it's a reaction to microblading, right? Like it's like, yeah. oh, we have to like prove that like I actually have hairs there, right? <laughs> like, um, so that's that's what Victoria P is is going with for her look, and she she's more committed to her eyebrows than she is to James. <laughs> uh, and that we can can st- say with uh, with some certainty. You know, James is just like. I'm vibing with you. You're you're for me. Like basically just like, so can you reciprocate that? Are you into me too? And she's like, you are an attractive man. I would say yes, that that you are attractive. I would definitely say that. And he's like, well, yeah, like, but but like, does it go deeper with us? And she's like, I have enjoyed getting to know you. Um, thank you for saying such nice things about me on to the next interview question. Like she's just so clearly not interested, which she then tells the camera. Yeah. She says, my energy healer told me that if I'm with the right person, I'll feel chills. And that hasn't happened yet, but she's, she's making her play. And meanwhile, a date card has arrived. It's for Jesenia. Of course, she gives it to Ivan. I'm just really enjoying these two. They have a very nice energy together. They Spoke in sentences that had meaning and, <laughs> and depth and were complete. I know. I think that's yeah. why it felt like such a tonal shift. I was like, wow, this date is what I crave. Yeah. They have dinner in the middle of a pool. Classic VIP date setting. <laughs> They're like, oh, we manifested this date card. We've been wanting it. I was like, for, for a day and a half. Like, but they're ready for it. <laughs> And they're like, oh, we feel so comfortable together. We have good eye contact. We can joke around. And Jasenia brings up how the aftermath of Matt's season really overshadowed things that, you know, that they thought it was going to be this really special experience and instead it was this horrible mess. And it, she says it started a conversation about people of color and she wanted to tell him that she liked that with Tasha, he also was willing to have those conversations with her. Ivan says something interesting. He says, you know, obviously I just wanted to be genuine about what was on my mind, things were going on in society, but I had almost zero backlash or racist messages. That was fascinating. And he says people tend to be harder on women. I would say, I mean, maybe women tend to be harder on women. <laughs> I mean, this and is a lot a, of women watch the show. Right. A female fan base. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what's so that's what's so interesting to yeah. me is that like it doesn't surprise me that 
you know, Matt's women would have received more racist backlash than Ivan. But it does surprise me that he said that the gap was so wide that Mm -hmm. he was like, I essentially only received support. The way that the majority white female audience of the show responds to women of color is really revealing of just like how abusive white women are to women of color. And it just made me really, really sad to see how she had suffered from that. And and we saw how that was happening to a lot of women from that season. She'll probably receive some nice messages, but we've had this conversation before and nothing changes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. That, I don't think things are poised for change anytime soon. And that's, nope. that's part of what I think makes it really frustrating in a way to keep seeing these conversations because for a while it felt like the show wouldn't address it at all on screen. It was a third rail. And then they started talking about it on screen But in a way, what that means is that contestants of color have to talk about racism and trauma trauma during their time instead of other aspects of themselves. Right. You know, that's basically most of what we see from their date. And then they make out in a pool, which is seemed fun for them and really beautiful. But a lot of it is clearly having this very carefully worded conversation that they know might be shown as like a teachable moment to the audience. Ivan's now had to do this twice. I mean, his entire edit has been being the spokesman for this. Right. I hope we see more of them over the course of this season. I really love their vibe. They're both just so cute. Yeah. But these are the things that get me excited about Paradise is when I'm like, what if like two really cool, beautiful people just like hang out and are in love? That's, you know, that's the dream for me as a viewer. By the way, I don't I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, you, you said manifest. It seems as though Bachelor Nation is going through some sort of spiritual revival because <laughs> <laughs> even when I hang out with them in person, you know, it's lots of talk of energy and uh, manifesting, but it's it's notable. I don't know what's happened. Victoria L's a whole thing about manifesting and aligning her chakras. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it's something in the broader culture, but that like I think is concentrated in circles like influencing, right? It's an it's interesting as a therapist because a lot of what they're talking about kind of aligns with psychology and you know I mean sure like if you you can bring <laughs> positivity into your life by enacting positivity you know treating others well um treating yourself well is going to result in positive consequences um so it's just it's interesting because i kind of put it through this like psychology translator like okay this means this this means that and yes there's legitimacy to that shockers i'm not sure about it seems like a a, like manifesting a date card i don't think is going to (laughs) happen um but I, i Maybe the idea of like manifesting being the most desired woman is just like you bring that confidence. I have plans to manifest a paper later today, you know, because I'm going to sit down and write it. <laughs> I know how that, oh, is that is that how that works? <laughs> the actual wow. process of manifestation is excruciating. <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, Demi and Brendan's date has wrapped up. Demi walks back into the resort alone. No, Brendan. They're all like, can she send him home? That's the power that Demi emanates, that they're all like, maybe she could. Yeah, Noah is just like terrified of her. (laughs) He's like, she has, I don't know. She has disappeared, Brendan. Um, (laughs) She's still upset and seems like very drunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, getting getting very strong, uh, strong day drunk vibes from, from Demi. She tells the girls like he rejected me. I feel like cheated out of a date because he didn't commit to me at the end of it. He's a player. I feel like an idiot. And Victoria jumps in with an excellent line. 
you're not an idiot. You're only a minor idiot. (laughs) Because while you were gone, it's been going around that he's been talking to someone else outside of paradise. Yeah. And Demi is just like, oh. She's like, he wants to have the cake and eat it too. Everyone is the cake and the beach is the eat it too. Mm. I think she needs to think through that analogy a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, that didn't really track for me. She's not in the headspace for it. Um, So here comes Brendan. Brendan immediately sits down next to Demi, despite how badly that date ended. And immediately all five girls sitting with her get up and leave. And she says, what's this about Piper? You weren't honest with me. Let's talk about Brendan's line here, which he also kind of uses with Natasha later. He's like, Piper and I have hung out. We've communicated. We've enjoyed each other's company. And that's that. There's no relationship. He's like, we haven't DTR'd. Therefore, in no way could this history impact my time on this show that she will likely be joining. Like, okay. He's like, I don't technically have a girlfriend. So what are we talking about here? But it is it is interesting that Demi called this out since on her season, she literally went on with a girlfriend at home <laughs> who then, then brought onto the show and she dumped Derek and then went out with Christian. Oh, yes. Dem- Demi has no moral authority here. But I was interested by Brendan's like, He's, he gives off such a mellow sweetness that I feel that he was able to sort of finesse this situation far better than other people. In which he is being like kind of objectively shady, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think he is coming off as kind of like still sweet and lovable. Yeah, they're like, he's fine. Uh, Victoria P, <laughs> we gotta get this bitch out of here. I mean, the part of the problem, I think, is that no one actually has any moral authority because they right. all are DM sliding. They all, like, are, are on the apps before they come. And so there is this sense of, like, it's now just, like, a cudgel to wield against a person that you think sucks. <laughs> also... It is an odd thing that, like, I'm watching this being like, yeah, Brendan definitely is just waiting for Piper. And Natasha, like, kind of will be collateral damage in that because Piper's not there yet. So Natasha next grabs Brendan for the conversation. And he again is like, we don't have any labels. And I like you more than Demi and honestly Piper and I haven't had the kind of deep conversations that you and I have so we have a deeper relationship than Piper and I have I think we actually have a clip of their exchange so I have some questions for you if Piper showed up here Mm -hmm. and you guys were already talking it it was it's almost like well why wouldn't you just explore that back home do you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean um you know, just like I would use this opportunity, uh, if it's you, if it's someone else, or if it's Piper, um, to get to know each other more at, on a deeper level. Like, um, my relationship with Piper has just been super casual. It's been like, you know, I've had deeper conversations with you than I had with Piper. And, and I don't have anything more to say than that. Like, I really, really like spending time with you. And I think you're a sweetheart and you seem to be a lot of fun. And I have the strongest connection with you. So So, Natasha and Brendan reconcile. Meanwhile, I'm like, this is like F-boy behavior. I'm sorry. Like, he is 
literally trying to not only convince Natasha that he's genuinely pursuing things with her so that he can stay for Piper, from my perspective, but also he's doing it the really tough way where he comes off as so great while he's doing it that it's going to hurt even more. Well, and he insults Piper. Yeah, what does, it, what does he say about Piper that you felt was... Well, if he's just like, we've had deeper conversations than Piper and I have ever had, then I, I don't know, I'd be kind of insulted by that. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on like... How much they've hung out. Maybe yeah. they haven't really... Maybe they've just been like hooking up and going park to clubs or whatever. I don't know. What do hot young people do, guys? <laughs> um, that I kind of took it as just like, we've just been having fun. I mean, it's just t- like if like if his plan is to get with Piper when she's here, it feels like they have a real connection. And so now he's saying, well, we've never really had deep conversations. It's like, okay, that kind of sucks. I also think that the fact that he's really been sort of walking this tightrope with Natasha and being like, yeah, I like you. You're great. But like, not really trying to make things so romantic with her. Mm-hmm. That to me is another tell that like he's biding his time. He doesn't want to have gotten in too deep with someone to just have to like dump yeah. them when Piper comes in. I feel like he and Victoria P are similarly both trying to toe the line of not quite lying by being like, oh, I'm so into you. They're a little uncomfortable with that, but they are willing to say something that feels technically true, but is revealingly not that large. Like he's like, oh, I have the strongest connection with you right now. (laughs) We've just been hanging out and talking nonstop for three days. Yeah, that's a good point. So they reconcile. Demi is infuriated. We get a little minor couples check. Did anyone know that Carl and Deandra were a thing? I want better for her. I mean, look, someone had to bite the bullet and make out with Carl for the rose. And so <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought Deandra was doing. Who knows? We barely see them. We I think she will she will ditch that popsicle stand as as soon as the women get the roses. Speaking of which, uh, Marissa wants to DTR with Connor. He has said he has a crush on her, but she's not satisfied with that. And she, you know, takes him aside. She's like, I know what I want and I like you. And she kisses him. And so it seems like they're really solid. Hold that thought. More on that later. (laughs) Meanwhile, Tammy is watching things unfold with Victoria P. And James, Jordan. Something starts with Jay. And she is not trusting Victoria P. She's like, I was caught in her web of lies on Peter's season. No memory of that. No no memory memory of that. She she positioned some other girl, I forget who, as like a villain and like talk shit about her while she looked perfect. And then she was caught doing this. They were both doing pageants together. Maybe. Yes. That's yeah. That's a, a, a Leia, right? I'm going to have to rewatch this season. Wow. While I don't have a newborn <laughs> so that I have any memory of the details. But um, so Tammy is like, I think that James is like her new target. And she says that back home VP has a boyfriend and she has a playbook. She just wants to find her next victim, stay on the show. I'm like, isn't he, wouldn't he be her first victim? Like, who are the other victims? <laughs> the other victim, presumably, is Tammy on Peter's season, right? Or Peter. Um, who knows yeah, how, many, poor Peter, how many victims Poor Peter. Poor Peter. He's really a victim. <laughs> and she's like, Victoria P's plan is to have the cameras follow her back to Nashville and get her country music boyfriend on TV. I had no idea until I watched this show how many aspiring country music stars there were in this country. They're all in Nashville, Claire. 
they're lying thickly on the ground in Nashville. Like they're, they're everyone's hip height and aspiring country music stars in Nashville. It's incredible. Victoria P apparently has one of them and she wants to get him some fame. Our producer, Harry asks, is this even a rational plan? Not as late out, really. but I can see how Victoria P getting more well-known and getting a bigger following might have a bit of a halo effect for sure it couldn't for, hurt for her and maybe for her boyfriend but like for her alone that's a good motivation it still remains a, a a bit of a long shot because to really get like a follower boost you have to be a major player on the show and to do that you kind of have to like get into a relationship or just be like very very funny like taj and right. she is neither of those things you can't so. spend a whole season being like so listen, I really think you're nice. Think you're nice. The way you've brushed your hair is good. And <laughs> I'm enjoying talking to you more in the future. Like by at a certain point, even James is going to want more. So Kelsey and Tammy, who are buddies, are are worried. They're like, we're going to have to do something about what VP is doing to James. And we're going to talk about what happens next after we take a quick break. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head-to-toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house— my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, 
so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back just in time for David Spade's final row ceremony. Yes. And once again, Joe is just like explaining to everyone how this works. He's like, <laughs> I am 35. I have done this before. Let me opine on the ways of Bachelor in Paradise. He's like, gather up, youngins. Let me tell you, anything can happen at one of these little shindigs. It's like, Joe, they know. They've they've all been to a rose ceremony before. Uh but thanks for your thanks for your insight. Um, so the the men are all mostly kind of coupled up at this point. There's, so there are a few who aren't. Carl, I guess DeAndre hasn't sufficiently laid a claim to him because he has like four women around him and he's loving it. He's like, I wish for this moment. Here it is. Bam. I got one, two, three, four princesses in front of me. He's like, just what I always wanted to be the least desirable man to the point where... <laughs> Women will be forced to be around me in order to get something from me. Yeah, <laughs> like, sir. Yeah, that really that really sums sums it all up. Also, just the way that he juxtaposes, like, first of all, he's like, there's so many of you. I'm swimming in bitches. But also, like, you're all princesses and each one of you is precious. I'm like, you're trying to pull both of those things off at the same time. Serena C., apparently has been lusting after Aaron this whole time. I had no idea. I'm sorry, Serena. She's like, gotta make a last-ditch effort. I, I know I'm on the chopping block. Tammy leaves him alone for a few seconds, and she's like, now's my chance. Aaron, come here. Come hang out with me. I think that we have a clip of what happens next. Are you in your first song? I could just go be. All right. 
I'm gonna do my best to make this classy. I just wanna let you know that I'm a little bit sassy. I wanna make it clear, it's such a beautiful place. I wanna sit on your lap. Oh, no. That was funny. I want to sit on your lap. So oh. come here and show me how you kiss. But I know where I stand with Aaron. He's not a person that, like, will tell you stuff just to fluff it up. Right. But I also think you need to go get your man. I just said, where is he? He's over there with Serena. Where? Oh, over there? Yeah. What the frick? Okay, so I maintain that this was a very smooth move, even though the freestyle was bad and the beat was bad, because it gets her exactly what she wants, a little suggestive sexual moment, and he makes out with her. I mean, what else can you get from that freestyle? She's not going to get an album. That was a smooth move, too. Smooth move. Yeah, I agree. She, you know, <laughs> shoot your shot. Like, what else is she going to do? She's like, I know this is the end for me if if someone doesn't decide that I'm just, like, extremely sexually desirable. <laughs> Tammy, of course, sees this and her, okay, like... I have to say, the way this happens is hilarious because Tammy is with Kelsey saying... Aaron and I had this really solid thing. I really trust him. And Kelsey's looking over her shoulder and goes, yeah, but you need to go get your man because he's literally making out with Serena C right now. Like while you're saying that. Tammy's like competitive side kicks in and she's just like, I'm locking this shit down. And I thought that actually it was smart that instead of starting drama with Serena, she just like straddles Aaron. It's like, this is how (laughs) this is how I will assert my dominance. Yeah, I mean, she's doing the more uh, the more old school sexual competition type thing. That's just like, I'm just going to seem like the sexier, cooler, more down with it option that you have, which on some level depresses me. But here we are. It's the first rose ceremony of paradise. Everyone's got to make out to impress. So <sighs> Demi and Victoria L are are on the hunt for Rose. Demi is at this point telling Victoria L that she needs to try her sex eyes. And Victoria's like, well, but it didn't work for you. No No offense. offense. Neither of their tactics have really worked. (laughs) Somehow the most likable that Victoria L is, is when she's like kindly shading Demi. (laughs) Yeah. You really need to have like some other villain energy going on for for Victoria L's attitude to not just be off-putting in my experience. And this is when Victoria L. decides to try for Trey. Taj is not having it. She sits, she has a conversation with him. Taj is furious. I like started off being honestly sort of on Victoria's side where I was like, she's like Serena C. just went and grabbed Aaron and like (laughs) straddled him. Like Victoria L. is like sitting five feet away from Trey having a very non-romantic conversation with him. No one else can talk to Trey. Well, and Taj isn't even that into him. I mean, she wanted. She's not. (laughs) I think Taj is just like annoyed at Victoria and it's probably been building and she's just like, this is my chance to unload on her. And then in classic Victoria fashion, she quickly cedes any moral high ground and behaves terribly. Yeah, Victoria L is is one of a couple a couple of Victorias actually that I think we see using like therapy talk to be sort of manipulative of yes. a conversation. Like 
Tajwan is like, I think you're being selfish by by doing what you're doing with Trey. And Victoria says, I'm feeling that from you. So what can I do to help you resolve these emotions? <laughs> is that therapist endorsed? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> Victoria P was very interesting to watch as a therapist too, because I mean for her, she was clearly just like so spinning out and trying to use her skills to ground her again and like nothing was really working. But the Victoria, this this other Victoria, that's chef's kiss right there. I find it so funny when people use therapist speak to be manipulative. I shouldn't find it funny, but it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a like, you know, these mental health accounts have like bled into our society and they're just being used for evil because they're not engaged with in any deep or meaningful way but it's interesting i think some people do it in a way that just feels frustrating because it's like it's opaque like you can't really see what they're feeling or thinking beneath it it's just a script with victoria it falls more into the category of like i feel like she's trolling whoever she's speaking to like she's (laughs) like i know you're not going to know what to say to this like this is gonna short circuit whatever you're trying to do right i was gonna say it's a way to shut down conversation by like invoking certain buzzwords and certain phrases it sort of like makes it impossible to respond to right it makes it seem like like you're the one with the problem but because i'm saying it in this therapeutic sounding lingo it's like i must be handling this in a healthy way she's definitely just doing it to piss Taj off. But she like doesn't, she can't even keep it up for long. She's just like, <laughs> you're crazy. You're, a, you're, a, she calls her aggressive. Yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. Victoria, do not call a black woman aggressive. She wasn't being aggressive either. She was actually very calm. Yeah. I mean, Victoria is basically like, I apologize if that affected you. And Taj says, but is that a genuine apology? And Victoria, I think is trying to say, Yes, I feel bad that you're trying to create something with Trey that like isn't there. I think that that she is she is starting to say she says I feel bad that you're trying to create something. She's definitely turning it into it like I I I feel bad that you are trying to do something bad or stupid or harmful to yourself, which turns it into a non-apology. But Taj keeps being like, do you really feel bad in a way that doesn't even let Victoria say this sort of like shitty thing? And so she gets really frustrated and it's just like, you're aggressive. You're crazy. You're nuts. I was like, oh, my God. Great. Um, Epic meltdown. We have to talk about calling black people crazy just for having totally normal, chill conflict with people. Do we have to have that talk again? Always. uh, Apparently. Yeah, literally we do. We do every time. Uh, Victoria goes and cries in the woods with a producer. (laughs) Because Mm. she was the victim. We're on to the other (laughs) Victoria and her conflict. So many Victorias. Victorias and Serenas on this season. There's something generational going on here. The Victorias did did not fare well this episode. So uh, Tammy pulls James aside and... He's like, hey, everything's going great. I have this awesome connection with Victoria P. Uh, everyone else is just trying to get my rose, like whatever. And she's like, cool. Victoria P is manipulating you. She has a boyfriend. They share a dog. And also, after you guys made out the other night, she was like, what's my guy's name again? Tim? Yikes. You don't mean anything to her. And she's like, if you don't believe me, go chat with Kelsey. And Kel- Kelsey's a little less intense with her language, I'll say. She's like, you know, we run in some of the same circles. I have heard that she was dating someone. 
it's not really my business. But like, if you're asking me, yes, these are things that I've heard. So of course, James is like, well, I have to talk to Victoria because she's apparently been lying to me. And he's like, look, I've been hearing things. I just want to have an honest conversation. I've heard you have a boyfriend. And she handles this so badly. She's like, whoa, 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 chill out, dude. Don't come at me. He hasn't even brought up the boyfriend yet when she's telling him to chill out. Like, he's literally like, can we talk for a minute? And she's like, calm down, buddy. I don't need this crap from you. (laughs) And also, James is, like, extremely chill. He's, like, he speaks in the most even tones of, like, anyone on the show. He never raises his voice. Yeah, she wants to see James, like, not being chill. She should bring up Thomas, but she she misses (laughs) that whole thing. She's, like... I dated someone from February to May and we broke up and he encouraged me to come with an open heart as you do with your recent exes that you're still in close touch with and advising them on their romantic relationships. Victoria P and and Garrett from (laughs) FBoy Island both have the most supportive exes of all time. And so she's being like, I'm sorry, this is a lot. This is a freaking lot. Can you just relax a bit, little bit? And he's like, I'm relaxed. And by the way, you didn't even know my first name for a while. Like, what's going on? (laughs) And she is just like, furious at him for some reason. And then she's like, No, I need to go deal with the real problem here. Tammy and Kelsey, my friends, I just want to say that Tammy is clearly not Victoria's friend. (laughs) They're definitely not friends. The way that they all insist that they're friends throughout this conversation is bananas to me. Like, is this what people's friendships are like? Yeah, I'm like, if my friend was literally telling everyone, like, this girl is a bad person who's manipulative and self-serving and weaves a web of lies at all times, like, yeah, no, you're not my friend. This is like the tweet that I feel like I'm constantly seeing versions of, like, floating up on my feed viral tweet that's just like you know that moment when you realize someone you thought was your friend hated you and that's that's what this moment i guess is for victoria p but also why did she think they were friends they feuded on that season yeah this was interesting to watch because i if i were victoria i actually would have been pretty pretty upset too and they make a good point by being like you're upset with us for your bad behavior but i mean everybody who goes on bachelor in paradise is like kind of has bad behavior that they're trying not to bring to the surface hers was particularly bad but it's just amazing when you watch this and you're like god i haven't had to deal with these scenarios like this cattiness or these friends who actually hate you since i was like 18 or 19 years old and then you go on the bachelor and all of a sudden it's back all of a sudden you're having to pull out your healthy boundaries (laughs) Yeah. When's the last time that I had a friend that I suddenly realized hated me? I'd have to say I was probably like 22. Yeah. Yeah, Victoria P heads over to Kelsey and Tammy and is like, are we friends? And they're like, yeah, we're totally friends. And she starts sort of brushing her hands together and is like, let me use my therapy techniques to make this healthy for y'all because I love y'all. And I know this environment can bring out parts of people that aren't real. Bad start because Kelsey and Tammy are like, what do you mean not real? Like what we said is real. (laughs) And VP is like, I'm in a place where I can own my mistakes. And I'm hurt you didn't come to me and say, VP, girl, you need to talk to him. And they're like, you're just trying to blame your bad behavior on us. You weren't going to be honest with him. 
And now you're trying to twist that into it being our thing. And she's like, I need to take a pause right now and process. I'm taking a pause. And Kelsey says, well, you haven't even let me talk yet. Like, what are we pausing? Like, you're just like talking. And then you're like, I'm leaving. And VP says, I'm setting a healthy boundary. I love y'all. I need to walk away. But that is therapist approved. Now you're supposed to say, I need to pause for 15 minutes and then we can resume. We can. Yeah, we. I'll, I will return. Not like a permanent pause in which I never actually have to listen to yeah. the things that you say. It's just an interesting tactic to be like the way this conflict will work is I will initiate it. Say a bunch of stuff, and then the minute pause. you start to respond, healthy pause, time out. We're, we're not doing that anymore. I'm setting healthy, healthy boundary, boundary where you walking can't away, me. walking away. Uh, and then she does not return to continue their conflict. <laughs> Instead, she goes to James and is like, "All of me, imperfect me, growing me. We, all of us are walking away from this experience. All of my personalities. All of my personalities. And I hope you walk away from this with the love of your life." There are a lot of amazing girls here. Even Kelsey and Tammy, they're much better than this. Like, ma'am, wow. That's a move. And James, James is just like, well, they seem pretty good to me. Like, I actually appreciate that they told me that apparently you've been lying to me. So, okay. But he's just like hugs her. She leaves. And Victoria leaves paradise. Victoria leaves paradise. She just gets into the van and she's like, at least James thinks I'm really wonderful and definitely trusts me. Everything we talked about, it worked. He knows that I'm for real. And he back at the on the beach, he's like, wow, I was a real idiot who was fooled and manipulated. That girl wasn't even shedding real tears in our goodbye. Yeah. Well, here's what here's what she says. She says in the limo. I tried to make something work and I realized I don't have to search for what I already have at home. Which to me sounds like a tacit admission that she has a boyfriend at home. Yeah, she's like, I'm going back to my boyfriend. I mean, and look, maybe maybe she did the thing that like so many people do when they go on these kind of shows, which is like she was dating someone. She's like, I'm going to go on this show. Maybe I'll come back to you. Maybe I will. You take care of our shared dog. Men do that shit all the time. If they have a shared dog, then that is really shady. Yeah, that is next level. Men and women do this all the time on the show. But I think it's a little much to expect someone that you're dating to rock with it. You know, I think it's insane that people are fine with this. Like if my partner was like, "Uh, if you could just pause while I go on reality television to make out with other people and presumably humiliate you to all the people that know we're dating. Like, no, yeah, I would not called, be cool with that. It's called work, baby. It's know? very, I mean, in defense of this, because I did this, <laughs> it's really confusing about what you're supposed to do. I mean, I did this in the sense that I had already signed the contract to go on before I met this guy. And then I met him like two weeks before and we had a very strong and swift connection And then it was this decision point of, I like really, really liked this guy, but it's like, you'd already committed to, I'd already committed to the show, but also you never, you, it's so hard to be like, I'm going to give up what essentially is a career opportunity. I mean, the more followers you get, the more your podcast is liked, the more money, whatever. It's hard to like give a new guy that kind of power and, and know that you're willing to sacrifice this thing for them. If you're not in a committed relationship. I do think that it's different if you are like meet someone 
in the lead up, you go on a few dates, yeah. whatever. Like, I, I do think that that is a little different than being like, we're in a committed relationship. Well, yeah, that's I'm that's going to up. end this because this opportunity <laughs> has come up. And if you could I, just sit tight. I also think that the problem is that this show essentially rests on unethical behavior in relationships. Like, that's yeah. like the whole drama of it the premise it requires it from people unless they're very fortunate to like arrive single on unattached in any way and to be on the beach the first day with someone that they're mutually into well we always come back to the fundamental structure of this show is like low-key abusive to everyone involved (laughs) that's bad Um, after victoria heads out demi and kelsey are like Great. There's a free rose. They both low-key make a play for James. And then Wells is like, okay, y'all, it's time to give out the roses. I like that Wells is just like the constant assistant host of the show. Wells is like the actual host. Like, this is a hosting gig. Why is David yeah. Spade not here? He left already. This is the main <laughs> part of the hosting job. No, David's like, I gotta get back on a flight. I'm not waiting another night. He's like, like my bedtime go. is 9:30 without exception. And so I, they they line up for the rose ceremony. I have to say, I the music that they play over this, it, I felt like I was watching a, a bride march down the aisle. It was very bridal. Just a little reminder to us that all these couples are going to get married. And so the roses begin with Ivan, who gives his rose to Jesenia. Noah gives his rose to Abigail. Joe to Serena P. Connor to Marissa. Trey to Tajwan. Carl to Deandra. Brendan to Natasha, Aaron to Tammy, sorry, Serena, Kenny to Mari, and James. Last rose. At this point, Kelsey has some sort of attack. She's sweating bullets. She's feeling faint. There's a pause for her to have some water. And then James gives his rose to Demi. Rough, rough for Kelsey. So that means Kelsey, Victoria L., and Serena C. all leave the beach and head out. We get a bit of them leaving and then, most importantly, a bit of David Spade pretending to cry in in his SUV as he exits paradise. And he says, it's fun to be with a bunch of other good-looking people. It rarely happens. And with that, his time is done. We are on to the next episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. I know. The women are just like already when we open just like drunk on the power of finally having the roses tammy's just like waiting for the men to start crying it gives her power i get that i like it too uh and they're wondering who their next guest host is going to be surprise there's an old school boom box sitting in the middle of their communal space with a note that says play me and all i could think was how many of these people have no idea how to work a boombox. It's complicated. You know, there's a lot of buttons. There's tape decks. There's, you know, radio. Um, but but they figure it out and it starts to play, it's gonna be me. Sorry, I I can't help but say it's gonna be May. It's May. <laughs> it's gonna be me. Gonna be May. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I was impressed by how many of these 24-year-olds seem to really know their oldies. Like, they were they were grooving. And here comes Lance Bass hitting his cue as the chorus ends. You wanted to know who your next host was going to be? It's going to be me. Loved it. They were all so happy when they came up with that one. 
Uh, I, again, couldn't, I was just wondering, like, again, how many of these people don't know who Lance Bass is? Well, they know now because they've had mimosas with him. Yeah, they certainly know now. Um, I, I enjoy his presence. You know, the guys are obviously all anxious about who's going to come in. Thomas, maybe? Uh, the worst monster known to humankind. Thomas, a person who once said, yeah, I've thought about being The Bachelor in the past. <laughs> the devil. The devil. And anyway, here's Thomas in paradise. Uh, he's here. He introduces himself as I'm Thomas, otherwise known as the large stranger who just walked down the steps for most of you, which, yes, that's what the introduction is for. And Katie's guys just start hyperventilating. They're like, he's the, he's here for the wrong reasons. He's, he's going to like manipulate everyone. But the women are like, I'm sorry. He's just like super hot. And the guys are sweating it because he's clearly just like very hot, a hunk. And the men from the other seasons are even like, okay, Katie's men, we get it. You hate Thomas. We'll keep an eye on him. But like, we're also going to give him a chance. I love at one point, Joe was just like, can you give me some specific examples, perhaps? (laughs) Like, you have a thesis, but no evidence. He's got he's got bad vibes, man. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. Aaron is like, cool, I get that. But like, if I rearranged his jaw a little bit. That would be the Lord's work. Aaron is so aggro. He speaks in such intensely violent language. It's so bizarre. It's something I noticed a lot on Katie's season. And he's really just bringing that energy straight to paradise. His whole thing on this episode, on this week of episodes is Tammy belongs to me. She's not allowed to talk to X, Y, or Z people. And I'm going to mutilate Thomas with my fists. Like, that's basically his whole But thing. also, I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous at all. I'm just a protector. I yes. care There's about Tammy so much. Tammy. I care about protecting her so much that, like, I will beat the shit out of Thomas and also make out with Serena C in front of her. Because that's just how protection well, of a woman works. Yeah, haven't you always wanted to be protected from hot men who might be interested in you? Yeah. Yes, you know that's what? what I look for. I'm like, I just want a man who will beat the shit out of anyone else who shows interest in me and also make out with other women. That's just what I look for in a partner. So Thomas starts pulling ladies, talks to Abigail, who's like, everyone's down to go on a date with you, basically, if you want. And <laughs> and then we we get a fun little scene Taj and Aaron are sort of discussing that Thomas is always pointing out his height. And it actually <laughs> seems to be a kind of routine. Like yeah, we see of a cu- him doing this with a couple different women. Where He's like, he, uh, huh, I'm just, I'm so large. I'm so tall. I'm he, so like, tall. I might break my nose because I'm, I'm six, six. I don't know if you, I don't Oh, you want to know how tall I am? Six, six. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. I'm a large human. Like, oh man, you gotta you gotta warn me about these rafters because if I just bonk, that's my nose. You know, I don't want I'm not out here trying to get a concussion, right? Oh, how tall am I? Six six. Yeah. I mean, listen, six six is tall. People need that to is know. very tall. <laughs> need to tell people. And Aaron is basically this is where he gets some some fun. Uh, he's like making a throat cutting motion. He's like, I'm gonna kill that guy. It's like Tammy, ignore him. Tammy's not about to be told what to do. Tammy's not a shrinking violet. <laughs> So she, you know, she has, she has her chat with, with Aaron, but in the end, Thomas asks Serena P on the date. She kisses Joe she goodbye. She's like, the I want to be open. 
hottest commodity. She's like, I'm everyone sorry, I'm wants Serena B. Am I supposed to be not going on dates with really hunky guys? Yeah, she's like, I'm 23 and I have a size four ring size. Just so dainty. Have you ever seen such a tiny, tiny finger? Perfect for a giant, giant diamond. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I well. listen, there's nothing wrong with it, but um it makes me insecure. Once my my sister-in-law tried on my ring and it was just like putting a bracelet on a baby. <laughs> it was just like nowhere close to like adhering to her finger in any way. It was just dangling off of it and I was like, "Oh no, my fingers." They're <laughs> my lovely long thin fingers translated into finger toes. So, you know, it always comes with <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with having fingers of any size. It's just funny. I didn't realize I could have insecurities about my finger size until that moment. And then I was like, oh, well, now I know the culture has really, really gotten its claws in. Well, you didn't know you could have insecurities about your finger toes until you get a three out of five on feet wiki. Like, <laughs> oh, no. That is rude. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. Weird. They don't. Okay. Look, those foot fetishists don't know what they're talking about. Jacqueline. <laughs> you have beautiful you have feet. Beautiful feet. <laughs> Thank oh you. my God. I'm so, so upset rude. now. Society is so cruel to women. Um, so Thomas and Serena head off on their date and uh, they're going to be, I guess, riding an inflatable sea banana that is being pulled by boat and uh, kind of fun know, making out. Uh, amidst the waves. She's very attracted to him. Meanwhile, Joe is back at the beach being like, if she comes back and is still interested in him, I'm leaving. Like, he's like, I don't want to compete again like I did with Kendall and Leo. And I'm like, Joe, why did you sign up for this show again? Like, what did you think was going to happen? This is literally the premise and structure of the show. You've done it before. You know how this works. He's very fragile. And we're going to have more on that and on another exciting new arrival after a quick break. Can you keep up? I like love Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with 
factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And we're back just in time for another big hunk to walk in. This Mm. time it's Riley and his veins are just popping out of his muscles. Like those guns are on display and immediately the women are again, just overcome. Taj starts sweating immediately. She's fanning herself. She's like the only man I wanted to see on the beach is Riley. Like, that's why I'm here. Uh, Tammy says, like, his arms have their own zip code. Riley starts introducing himself to everyone. He beckons Taj down. He's like, Taj, where you at? I want to meet you. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, losing my mind having flashbacks to, like, when I had a crush on a guy and he would show me, like, a small, polite amount of attention. And, like, I was like, Taj's insides are somersaulting right now. It's such a such an exciting feeling. Yeah, she's like, we're in love. Poor Taj. Poor Connor. Ultimately, Riley gives his date card to Marissa. I have to call out also, Taj acts during this whole process in a way that is more relatable than I have ever <laughs> He's the most relatable person on this show. Like he literally starts by pulling Marissa as they're all standing there. And he's like, Marissa, let's go talk. And she literally starts like moving her arms around. Like, where do I put these? And then she like whirls around and stomps back off. She's like, I want the date card, but I don't know how to act. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, where do I, where do these hands go? I was like, yeah, no, that's me at a party. (laughs) That's me in the corner, not getting attention from any men because I don't know how to act normal. (laughs) And I love how like upfront she is when, when Riley ultimately pulls her, she's just like, yep, take me on a date. I'm here. I want you. That's it. Let's go. And Riley's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make something happen. And then promptly invites another woman on the date. Yeah. Well, something's happening. All right. I love that Connor has just decided to bring his like incredibly soft boy energy to this entire thing. Like it's truly the polar opposite of Aaron's energy. Connor's like, men are not another threat to me. Marissa is her own woman. She can do what she wants. Maybe this could be a good thing for me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna think positively. Yeah. The problem is just that the source of his equanimity seems to be that he's like marissa and i are solid 
what's going to happen? Like, she's going to get some clarity. She'll come back. We're still going to be good. And everyone else on the beach is like, oh, man, Marissa's gone. Poor Connor. Like, it's over already. Um, Connor has chosen to remain optimistic. And meanwhile, Thomas and Serena are finishing up their date by sharing cocktails in the sand. And she brings up that she's heard some not so great things about him from the other guys from Katie's season. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like a big teddy bear. But like everyone hated me for some reason. I don't know what it was. Um, The funny thing about the Thomas drama is it's still so confusing to me that I kind of act like both positions are irrational. Like when the guys are talking about how much they hate him, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy who said he was the bachelor could be the bachelor once. Insane. Or then when it's Thomas, I'm mocking his position because I'm just like, none of it it makes sense. sense to me. I think the truth is he just has like an attitude that can feel off putting and these men didn't like him. And then felt he wasn't being 100% straightforward with them. But, like, no one actually did anything so terrible. Yeah, there isn't enough of a of a smoking gun. But then he does say something that does not it's go over such well. such a bad move. He says, it all started with Trey, who's one of the kindest guys you'll ever meet. He's like a little brother to me. But he's emotionally not strong. Like, also, what? What do you even mean? Yeah, what does that have to with anything then he like immediately moves on he's like okay so now that we've gotten trey settled he's just emotionally weak Weak. that's the whole explanation that's why he doesn't like me but uh, he's my little brother uh aaron (laughs) i don't know i just thought he was full of shit so i said he was but he's not he's not i just didn't know him yeah and like serena serena smiles through this she seems definitely put off and they're both like wow you're so straightforward i love it this is definitely a good, solid thing. Um, but back at the beach, Joe is waiting for Serena to come back. He's like, hoping that she'll be like, now that I've tried the Thomas experience, not for me. It works for him mm. somehow. Serena comes back and she's just like, yeah, I told Thomas he should see other people. Um, I don't really want to be a part of that drama. And Joe is just like, so relieved. He's like, oh yeah, I, I figured that's how it would go. Of course. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You figured like they have a little a, a nice little flirty banter. It was cute. Back and forth. Um, they seem to have just yeah. like a good chemistry. And yeah, I, I definitely think she wanted to make out with Thomas from the minute he walked on the beach. But like you can't have like fun flirtatious banter with everyone like you can have with grocery store Joe. You know, she it's like, God, is this just what it's like to be? just like a universally desired woman. You just have like all of this confidence that she can just be like, I'm not worried at all that Joe will find someone else. I'll go make out with this other guy, decline him, go back and just like restart my relationship. And it will in fact work in my favor all around. Like, wow. Wow. It's inspiring. I'm it really inspired is. By her. I'm inspired. And, uh, it does seem, though, like the the house drama discussion was the huge turnoff. It might have been completely different if he were just any other guy with a normal personality and storyline. Yeah. She's <laughs> just like, I don't, I don't want any part of this. I and like, I have a person who everyone likes. So why would I team yeah. up with this dude who everyone says is like a snake? Fair enough. Yeah, but the Thomas, the Thomas situation has only begun to begin because 
he's back now and he's not busy on a date or meeting the girls. He's just chilling at the bar and telling Taj about what happened. And he's like, you know, I thought things had been smoothed over with the guys by the end of Katie's season, but now I, I don't know what to do. And Carl's just like, I know what to do. We got to talk it out. Step into my office, my man. <laughs> Carl's energy is just like impossible for me to decide. He doesn't seem like a real human being. I'm like... He doesn't seem at least like he belongs to this universe of the show. Like, I'm always like, who's that? Like, <laughs> um, but he has decided to mediate this. He walks Thomas over to where the rest of Katie's guys are hanging out together with no one else. Cause that's how they roll. It seems like they're always just on a day bed together. And Thomas decides to make a full apology. He just eat crow. He has read some explainers on how to do a good apology. I thought, I, yeah, I actually thought this was a good apology. It was, it was such a masterful move too. Mm, it was like it just instantly deflated their whole. Yeah, like they were all chests puffed out, ready yeah. to like go after him, and he's like, "I was an asshole. I put my time above yours. I took advantage of you, Trey." I took you for granted. I was an asshole to you. I take responsibility. That's yeah. what happened. He was like very granular. He was like, there was that yeah. time when you didn't get a chance to see her. And then I went in to see her. And then I looked at you and I said, I care about my time more. That sucked. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not was, leaving out anything. Honestly, in this moment, I was like very impressed. I was like, yeah, wow. This was a good move. This show, though, this episode, I feel like has been such a textbook case of like the problem with laying out all these communication techniques for people is that they're only as good as how sincere people are about using them. Yes. And if they just use them as scripts or then and to get the benefit of people feeling adequately apologized to, then how has how how has that helped the rest of us? I liked this so much though because I also agree that they had no real reasons to dislike him. And mm. so it that's why it felt like such a masterful chess move more than a sincere apology where it's like he didn't i didn't think he really needed to apologize to anybody in the first place but he, he went in to apologize to get them back on his side right exactly yeah. right yeah and he did a, yeah. a bang up job he and did. the thing is that like at that moment i was like this seems like a more than good enough apology <laughs> yeah. and same you know, i was like great maybe we can all just move on from move this on. put it to bed like Wow. Trey is like, I want to give him grace. Maybe this could be a beautiful story for Thomas. But I do understand that it was then quite disconcerting for Trey to hear that hours before Thomas had been telling one of their mutual friends on the beach that he is emotionally fragile. But that he acted emotionally fragile and immature when he confronted <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> he wouldn't let him speak. It was, I mean, it felt like a temper That's tantrum true. in ways. So I, I just didn't really know what to make of that. Like, I see why he was pissed. Cause it's like yeah. you, he's like, okay, man. Like he was the one out of all of them that was like, thanks for that. Thank you for saying that. That's so appreciated. I think we can all move on. And then it's like, he was made to feel like a fool in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I understood. I'm still like not totally sure who is ultimately in the right in this conflict, which is why it's so hard to talk about. Yeah. I the jury is me. still out for me too. I, I 
I mean, I feel like what happened to him on his season was what happened to Crystal on my season, except Crystal was <laughs> maybe more obviously off-putting. But like when you're in this group situation, maybe especially when it's a competition, this biological thing kicks in where mm -hmm. there's all of a sudden an outgroup member and like everybody just teams up against them. It's like because you don't want to be contaminated by association or something. And when you come out of this, you're like, whoa, I was it felt like you're taken over by some parasite that's making you act like a shitty person. But it kind of feels like that's what happened to him. He didn't do anything that bad, but some guys got pissed off, they got riled up, and then all of a sudden he became the outsider. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, there's definitely a strong element of that. Um, I get why Trey was really pissed hearing that he was kind of like making undermining comments about him. I do too. Someone else. I think oh, his, yeah. I think his anger and hurt was justified. I just don't think he handled it well. I don't think he handled it the best. Like he literally storms over to Thomas and is like, I get it. Like you are still doing your thing. Nothing's changed. I'm not going to have another conversation with you about this. And Thomas is like, can I speak on that? And Trey is like, no, we're not going to do that again. He's dead to me. And like storms off. So not a lot of like healthy give and take here. I get the sense that, this is, that since they've all decided again, not sure how much evidence there is of this or not, they've all decided that he's very manipulative. And then the, the, the problem that arises is if I keep talking to him, it will give him opportunities to manipulate me. So can I set the healthy boundary <laughs> of never talking to him? Yeah, everyone's again? just all about boundaries here. The on toxic this people are trying to <laughs> vampire your energy away from you. You have to set a healthy boundary. By and, then them your your mm -hmm. and then reset your chakras. And then reset your chakras. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in fairness, you know, Victoria P did the therapy approved thing of taking a pause when her emotions got too high, but she didn't tell them when she'd be back mm. trey did he said he would never be back <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you when i'll be back to finish this conversation the 25th and never sorry that was, that was good one, Claire. <laughs> let's talk about riley's riley's date with marissa it's happening at night marissa comes out in just like a flowing beach get up leopard print Boop, mini dress size. a lot of very breast forward. Oh. She looks stunning. Everyone is like, oh my God, Marissa, you're the hottest person ever. And Connor's like, oh, I thought, I thought maybe she'd talk to me. Instead and of Jasenia's like, go, go, go like check in with her. Yeah. She walks right by him. And Connor's like, hey, just can we talk for a second? Or no, maybe no. And she's like, mm, no, she's like, we, nah, uh, I'm, I don't think so uh no and he's and like great Connor's have like, fun i'm yeah. glad i saw you in your hot outfit that's so cool i love it oh he's do he's trying so hard um i know he really is being like so kind and and respectful and really trying to give her her space and you know you yeah. love to see it but the dude is just it's gonna end up screwed here um yeah. and she she goes off with riley to her first, first date, date ever in her life apparently she's never been on a date except for mini golf <laughs> she's 25 what is going on with the young men of this country i mean this beautiful woman is 25 and has never been taken to a beautiful romantic dinner i'm i'm appalled and she is finally getting one with riley at, at lance's bassery haha <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, our first hint that it might not be that romantic. Not romantic. <laughs> they are in, in fact, going to eat pig snouts. That is the date. 
while Lance Bass stares at them from about three feet away. So he shows them an array of challenging uh, delicacies uh, that are in front of each of them. And he says, you know, you're you have to answer the questions I ask, or if you don't want to answer, you have to eat an item of my selection. Very invasive questions. Yeah. Like it starts with like, have you ever DM slid a celebrity? And then suddenly we're at like, how many people have you slept with? (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, okay, Lance, they, they both, eat the tongue yeah and then they're like it's not bad and i'm like yeah apparently it's just me like the rest of animals that we eat (laughs) but i've never tried it so what do i know Um, riley's into it yeah they they try tongue they try tripe instead of telling their most embarrassing story ever i would pass on that too uh i love the question where on your body should someone touch you to turn you on and marissa's just like everywhere Everywhere? like my whole every part of my body let me list all of it uh riley's into that he's also into the fact that she says she masturbates every day if she can which i think is extremely healthy they're very aligned on sexual appetite and they start making out and lance bass is just like there (laughs) he's like do i watching do i watch i get i guess they don't seem to mind this reminds me of a a story i once read or heard on the radio about a, a minor indie musician who was hired to like play a private concert for two people who are going through a breakup to try to reignite their flame. And he was like, then they just like started making out. And I was just like three feet from them. Like, what do I do? And that's where Lance is right now. And the good thing is no one cares. They're just like, Lance can be wherever he wants. We're focused on each other's tongues right now. And meanwhile, back at the house, Tosh has been I would say visibly unhappy that she did not get the date card from Riley. And Trey has picked up on it. Um, He is perceptive enough to have noticed that. (laughs) And he's like, well, I do need her rose. So I guess I'm going to keep trying to make things work. So he sits down with her and she says, well, yeah, I do want to talk to Riley. Also, like, I didn't really hear from you today. Like, there was no, like, check-in about where your head's at. and." Basically, he's like, we like each other, but we don't have a good communication, um, something for us to work on together. But I'm still here for you. Let's do it. And they decide they're to rekindled, rekindle their connection, at least as long as Riley and Marissa are absent from the beach. And Natasha is feeling some anxiety about things with Brendan. He still has not kissed her. I really, I really felt this, this like, her just sort of spinning in her head, being like, he says he likes me, but I am a perceptive person. And it feels like he's not actually that into me. Yeah. And then the question is like, is it avoidant to not be that into someone? Or like, which are we seeing here? Right. And I think she's she's like low-key unsure. Brendan comes up to her on the daybed and she sort of tries to have this conversation. She's like, it feels like we're both just kind of waiting for someone else to come in and give us the energy that we're missing. And Brendan's like, well, I like you more each day. Isn't that good? Yeah, again, it's sort of a non-denial denial. Yeah, like he won't either say like, no, I'm into you. I want to like, let's make this romantic. And he also like, he, it's it's he's evasive, but he's not giving her the thing that she really needs. And he just sort of like walks away and leaves her there to cry and yeah. be like, 
I don't know what's going on. She says, like, he's either the most complicated person I've ever met or a con artist. I'm going to personally go with option number three. As we've discussed, <laughs> the structure of the show demands, like, impossible interest balances from people and creates insane behavior. Like, I think in the real world, maybe they would go on a date and then, like, he would maybe text her for another date or not. But in the meantime, he would be dating Piper. So, like, they're just not in that position right now. And he's trying to to make it work seamlessly. Meanwhile, back on the date, Riley is giving a toast in verse. I think we might have a clip of this. Uh, Start with a toast. We got no bachelors, no bachelorettes. Mm-hmm. Let's roll the dice, fill your glass up with drinking ice, and find love in paradise. Oh, wow. I like right. it. Marissa is very into this. They're basically they, ready to get married. They're both like, how many kids do we want? A whole sports team of them. That will be the bullies of their extended family, as far as I can tell. Like, all the other kids will be afraid of them. And... That's called winning, you know? <laughs> Riley's like, look, I just I just want someone who's genuine, who's real, who's kind and nice. Where could I ever find a woman who is nice and also kind? <laughs> but also genuine. You know? I'm looking for and also genuine and but also real. Riley kind of seems like he speaks in quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm looking for a unicorn. And Marissa's right. like, wow. I call myself a unicorn sometimes. <laughs> Imagine We're soulmates. That. It's really incredible because like unicorn already stands in for, she's basically saying like, oh yes, I've already identified that I'm extremely rare and precious <laughs> thing that men search for and never find. Uh, it's me. Like how, what a coincidence that you're looking for that. And I've decided that I'm that thing. And this, okay. So this is where the conversation takes a really rough turn. Oh God, we got to talk about this. I keep forgetting that this happened at the end of this episode. The the whole, the, their conversation shifts into the register of like a trauma revelation, right? Which is familiar from Bachelor dates. And Marissa starts sort of opening up in a serious tone. She's saying, oh, you know, I really need reassurance in relationships. In the past, uh, once in a relationship, I didn't get any reassurance. So I let myself go. I legitimately thought she was talking about like something different like from the way this was going. But what she says is, I stopped going to the gym and I gained 80 pounds. And I, this is what made me remember that this was, she got an entire intro package on Peter's Mm -hmm. season. She was only there one night and yet they gave her an entire intro package, I think essentially so that we could see photos of her before and after her weight loss. This made me so upset. And, uh, you know, she talks about how people treated her differently, even people that she already knew. Which, um, yes, I that sounds extremely real. Mm-hmm. Our culture hates fat people and hates fatness and does yeah. not treat people who gain weight or, or who are fat in any way well. And then she's like, anyway, I'm thin now again. And Riley says, well, good for you. Um and I appreciated most of what he said, you know. Yeah, I thought like, he responded fairly well to this. Yeah, he's like, people that would treat you differently are terrible. They're judging you based on the way that 
they think you should look and you're beautiful now, you're beautiful then, it doesn't matter if you're 280 or 120. And then he's like, I don't know your weight. And I'm like, Riley, don't try to guess her weight right now. I feel like he was trying to be like, to be clear, I'm not trying to right. guess your weight. I don't I don't know. I, I... Yeah. Um, he's like, you have a beautiful soul. Um, and, you know, people's experiences are their experiences. And I, it sounds like she was in a very bad headspace. And like the way that you're treated when you're fat is is awful. Not everyone, you know, if you have a rapid weight gain, maybe she is very uncomfortable or there, you know, clearly mental health issues at play. But the way that we only see fat people on this show when it's framed as this sort of horror story like here's this incredible trauma I went through I gained weight right this is a person this is a person I used to be and that is such like a problematic way that fatness is so often framed in our culture where it's like fatness is a state of being that is temporary that you must overcome with fortitude and dedication and everyone can change their bodies with enough discipline in order to fit this thin ideal. And I think that this would land differently if we ever saw someone who was not extremely thin on this show, but we don't. So thin people, I mean, fat people only exist as these like ghosts. Like painful Uh, ghosts of a painful history that is, yeah, treated as, as kind of taboo and shocking trauma. Yeah, I mean, this show does this thing with traumatic storylines where you tell the trauma and then the other person, uh, often the man sort of absolves you of this. Like, oh, thank you for telling me. You may now lift it off of your shoulders. And you never really hear any kind of interpretation or back and forth about it. Like, what is it like for her to have been 80 pounds heavier and known that she could have never gotten an invitation onto this beach if she had maybe even 20 pounds more. Like, what is it like for her now to be here and, you know, be experiencing this, like, having to having to think of that point in her life as, like, a failure of hers or something? It, I wish we could learn more from these conversations. Yeah, there's there's very little interrogation. It is really like, okay, Riley, now do this dance where you tell her that, like, she is beautiful now. And, like, mm-hmm. sure, nod to the fact that she would have been beautiful then, even though we all know that she would have never had the chance to meet you. Right. Um, but, you know, they do seem really happy with how the date went. They seem well-matched. He loves complimenting his partner. She loves receiving compliments. They both love sex. They, like, want both want five kids. And they're just, like, over the moon about this. And so they're making out. Riley uh, finally is like, let's go. I know a place where we can go. It's the Boom Boom Room. We've got our first Boom Boom Room visit. And meanwhile, Connor has switched out his ukulele for a full-size guitar. He's just been playing his feelings. That is the size of his sadness. He doesn't yet know, but (laughs) it is symbolic. He's walking the salty shore, awaiting his love as she is succumbing to her lustful urges with Riley, (laughs) uh, not far away. And... You know, it's as much as I love to see Riley and Marissa, you know, connecting. Uh, they seem quite compatible. Poor Connor, man. I feel for our boy. Find out. Yeah. Uh, and we leave the episode there. You know, it's next week. We're going to find out what happens when Connor finds out what happened. We also, I guess, are going to get the start of the 
Demi, Kenny, Mari love triangle, which has been much teased, uh, but not explored yet. And every time they tease it, I just weep for a cake that I could have eaten, you know, eaten, you know, if you didn't want Demi to have it, you know, why throw it in a fire? Just like send it to me. Um, so looking forward to that next week. Jacqueline, thank you so much for, for joining us and giving us all of your essential insights. It's been a pleasure as always. Oh, thank you so much for having me back again. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. First, we have Jasenia and Ivan's just beautiful, soothing energy together. Such a nice reprieve some, from some of the other dynamics going on on the beach. I also love Serena P kind of calling out Thomas's condescension to Trey. I feel like there were a lot of like really subtle digs made on this episode. And I just love it when people are just like, hold on now. Like, let's talk about what you're doing. We also, of course, love to see Taj, just everything about Taj. She continues to be the main character of VIP 7. I am obsessed with her. I'm so glad that, you know, she has finally got the spotlight that she has long deserved. Definitely. She she left too soon last time. It's finally her year. Uh, hate to see it time. We barely saw it, but I'm going to have to say DeAndra and Carl, like some, hate someone to see nice it. for her. I want to see more DeAndra and I want to see her interacting with another dude. Same. Uh, also, hate to see that like everyone already basically has a boyfriend or girlfriend. I mean, it's just going to make all of these little breakups very traumatic that we know are coming. I hate to see it. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, oh, but I love monogamy. Um, but no, you're right. The breakups are coming and they're going to be rough. <laughs> uh next hate to see brendan being kind of low-key shady to natasha like he's really smooth he's pulling it off uh maybe he's like doing the absolute best he can in a tough situation i'm sure he is but i just want better for like the one woman in her 30s left on the beach (laughs) same and finally Uh. aaron's just aggressiveness and uh violent rhetoric throughout this episode (laughs) he's very take it down take it down a notch sir he's making out with serena c and meanwhile he's like telling tammy who she can and can't talk to he's being very possessive of her he's making comments about breaking jaws i just need him to take it down like 17 notches to a normal level of healthy human conflict and I just don't know if that's in his register. He just, yeah, I, this I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> he truly does. I mean, look, we'll say he is consistent. <laughs> and of course, we have to rate how crabby this episode is. Mm. We had so much content uh, to talk about that we didn't really get to go into all of the many ways that crabs were deployed during this episode. <laughs> this is our I'm opportunity. Gonna, this is our opportunity. I think we're going to give this one... A six. It was relatively crabby, but less crab forward than last week. Yeah, I would say the crabs remain omnipresent as a symbol of chaos, you know, such as exists in the Bachelor in Paradise setting. Also of the weak relationships that succumb to larger beaky or romantic prospects, like the seagulls that we see eating the crabs. Vicious. 
The crabs do get a couple breakout moments as characters. For example, at one point, Taj asks a crab whether to give Trey another chance. And Again, says, Taj yes. is just really bringing everything we need, including yeah. that crab forward energy. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, a solid six for a Bachelor in Paradise episode is right where I want to be. I'm feeling good about the crabbiness of this episode. And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Jacqueline Trumbull. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Kate Moldenauer. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And more importantly, tell all of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us get the word out about our new name. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it Pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at emmaladyrose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for the aftermath of Riley and Marissa's Boom Boom Room Typhoon. Stitcher. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts.